With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I want to say thank you to the Iowa Pork Producers for coming on and being a sponsor of the Hawkeye Nation podcast. The Iowa Pork Industry, including production, processing, and packing, provided more than 141,000 jobs in 2015. That's about the total combined populations of Ames, Ankeny, and Coralville, with nearly 52% in production. And the pork industry contributed over $750 million in state and local taxes in 2015. Iowa, get this, Iowa produces a third of the hogs raised in the United States and is the nation's leader in pork production and more than 90% of Iowa's hog farms are family owned. So thank you to the Iowa pork farmer. Thank you to the Iowa pork consumer. Visit their website at iowapork.org. Pour one more beer for me. Exile means quality. So savagely. podcast brought to you exile brewing company as well as heartland flagpoles and flags and also the iowa pork producers following iowa's i guess you could say historic 56 to 14 win over the nebraska corn huskers that is the 42 point margin for iowa is the largest margin of victory in the series uh for an iowa win not surprising uh, it also ties the 42-point home loss Nebraska had earlier this year against Ohio State for the third worst home loss by Nebraska in the history of that stadium. Um, from Matt Benson, as many of these are, Matt Benson on Twitter, M Benson 6 the number 6, um, teams to win three straight games at Nebraska in the last 40 years. Texas did it four times from 1998 to 2010 Oklahoma three times from 84 to 87 and now Iowa three times over 2013 to 2017 Nebraska they've allowed 50 plus points in three straight games and four games total this season first time that's ever happened in the history of the program Uh, just amazing numbers on this day all around I did not expect this after seeing Iowa's offense in each of the past two weeks, even going up against the Nebraska defense that was not good. I just didn't have a lot of faith in Iowa's ability to score points. And really, when you think back on this game, it kind of really changed late in the second quarter. Iowa was trailing 14-7. Nate Stanley had just thrown a pass to Noah Fant who dropped the ball, would have been a first down, three and out, Iowa comes out to punt. And Nebraska runs into Iowa's punter. Five-yard penalty, 
Iowa was at fourth and four. So it was first down Iowa. And then at that point, Iowa goes in and ties it up. Iowa decides this week to take the ball and the wind, or to take the ball, and Nebraska gave Iowa the wind. The same thing that happened last week, Iowa gave Purdue the wind to start the second half, and Purdue came out and put up 14 points, and it was over. The wind was a factor today for at least three quarters. Today, Nebraska gave Iowa the wind in the third quarter, holding it for themselves in the fourth quarter. And Iowa went out and scored 28 points in the third quarter. Just where does that come from? I mean, again, I know Nebraska is not good. They're 4-8. and eight. I think it's the first time they've had a record like that or fewer than five wins since the 1960s, maybe 1961, something along those lines. We're talking about, like, his, historically bad Nebraska. But this wasn't a great Iowa football team. This is, you know, a little bit better than average Iowa football team. I mean, think of this. Iowa had two Big Ten games this year where it scored over 50 points. And there were, what, five games where they scored under 20? I mean, how do you make sense of that? I can't make sense of it. I'm not going to try to make sense of it. Other than young teams offensively, and Iowa was a very young team offensively, Young teams offensively are consistently inconsistent. That's about the only thing you can expect is that you don't know what to expect. And I know some people, oh, they're not young. Yeah, they, they, they play two tight ends on the majority of their snaps, both Hawkinson and Fant. I mean, Fant's a sophomore. Hawkinson's a second-year freshman. I mean, Amir Smith-Marset, he's a true freshman. Nick Easley, no, he's a junior, but he's a junior college player. He wasn't around before the spring. The quarterback is a true sophomore. Your left tackle and your right tackle. One's a redshirt freshman, one's a true freshman. So you're talking about young players all over the field on offense at key positions. So yeah, they're young. They're inconsistent. Brian Ferentz's first year ever as a play caller. Was he inconsistent at times? Sure. He'd probably tell you the same thing and probably will when we have some of the bull press conferences. I'm sure that he will. So all of those things we knew, well, we, we didn't know that they'd be starting freshman tackles the majority of the year, but we knew how inexperienced the receiving game would be or the wide receivers would be, and Nate Stanley, we didn't know anything about him, which is what led me to pick him 6-6. Six and six. They went 7-5. and five. Could have, I mean, I think they should have beat Northwestern. So there's eight and four. Now you want to say, well, they should have beat Purdue. Well, you know what? Purdue outplayed them far more than Northwestern did. So eight and four, yeah, should have been eight and four. But they were seven and five. So not going to um, go down and play that game today just yet. Akram Wadley. On this day, 159 yards rushing on 19 carries. That is a smooth 8.4 yards per carry average for the Iowa senior running back who had a lot of nifty and shifty runs. And basically from halftime on, the Iowa offensive line was moving the Nebraska defensive line five yards down the field. Just absolutely trashing them, destroying them. It was really impressive. 
Akron Wiley becomes just the fourth running back in program history to have back-to-back 1,000-yard rushing seasons. Cedric Shaw did it in the mid-'90s. Liddell Betts did it in uh, 2000 and 2001. Fred Russell did it in 02 and 03. And now Akram Wadley does it in 2016 and 2017. Glad to see him top the 1,000-yard mark. It was not easy for him this year. Would have been much easier for him in the Iowa offense if Iowa would have had their three-year starting tackles, which they didn't for 80-plus percent of the season. Not more than that. But that's football. That's what happens. Wadley with three touchdowns in the day as well. And just had some act. I mean, his footwork is just something that's so impressive. And and Iowa will miss him next year. Now, I am, I'm excited about Ivory Kelly Martin and Torrin Young. I have been since seeing him early this season. Ivory Kelly Martin comes in for six carries, 90 yards. He had a run along of 57 yards, and he scored a touchdown in this game. Uh, Torn Young also scored a touchdown, eight carries for 21. James Butler scores his first Iowa touchdown in this game, nine carries for 36 yards. Back to the passing game, Noah Fant. You know, I, I, I saw something a couple of times in this game. We'll see if I turn out to be right on this. I think Noah Fant, the, the area that where he can improve the most that I think is going to help him with his drops is how he runs his routes. I just see a lot of banana routes from Fant. Not crisp breaks, just I mean, I'm not saying lollygagging, but he just he's just not a competent route runner at this point in time. The problem he has is he's so athletic, he's so much more athletic as a mismatch than the linebackers or safeties that try to cover him that he doesn't have to be crisp. He doesn't have to be like a Nick Easley who isn't as you know a better athlete than most of the guys covering him. So Fant just can get by with better athleticism when Fant becomes a better route runner and a tactician on his routes it's going to help him focus more and he'll come out of his breaks cleaner and he'll be in a position right away to catch the ball getting it with his hands up i'm telling you i think that's what his biggest problem is and he's just a true sophomore and he now has 11 career touchdown receptions which i think well, I think the Iowa record for career touchdown receptions by a tight end was set by Mike Flagg back in the mid-1980s with 13. And Fant has 11 with one more game to play this year in a bowl game and then two more seasons or at least one season if he has another enormous year. Fant on this day with three receptions for 116 yards, two touchdowns, a 68-yard long. I want to go over here real quick. And look up Noah Fant's uh, season thus far. Noah Fant Sports Reference. Just to see how many receiving yards that he has this year. So going into this game, uh, he had 369 yards. Is that right? 369 plus 100 is 469 plus 18. So we're on, we're talking about close to 480 yards receiving and um, blah, 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 10 touchdown receptions this year for Noah Fant. That's pretty darn good from your tight end position. The black and gold unites us all, but then what? Kevin the Flag Guy from Heartland Flags here. If you're listening to this podcast, you bleed black and gold. But what comes after the Hawks? For me, it's the Cincinnati Reds and Cincinnati Bengals. Nope, can't explain it. What about you? Packers and Wizards? Pelicans and Sharks? NASCAR and the Jags? 
Bulls, Bucks, and Chargers? Whatever flag you want, we've got it. Jump online to heartlandflags.com and shop our huge inventory of sports teams flags. You won't find a better selection or better prices anywhere. Guaranteed. And to top it off, free shipping on all purchases at heartlandflags.com. Oh, and that Iowa flag you've been flying since the Hawks last went to the Orange Bowl? Time to step up and freshen up with a new design. Check out our Hawkeye selection when you're shopping for your other favorite team flags at heartlandflags.com, where you'll never pay for shipping. Another thing Iowa did a fantastic job of today. They mixed up the play calling on first down. In the first half, if memory serves me correctly, Iowa ran 14 plays on first downs. They had eight runs, and then they had six passes. And they were five for six on those passes. Now, they didn't get a lot of yards on those. A lot of those were the the quick out routes and the wide receiver slot throws and a couple of tunnel screens and things like that. But those are positive plays. It makes it second and six, second and five, second and seven. It's better than running into eight-man fronts and getting nothing or losing yards. Now, for the game, Iowa just was extremely – Iowa wound up running 32 first down plays, and they ran the ball 23 times on first down. They averaged 9.7 yards per carry on their first down runs. Again, most of that came in the second half, the vast majority, because they only had eight rushing plays on first downs in the first half, so they had 15 in the second half. But Nebraska just, I mean, they quit. Man, they, Nebraska just quit. Iowa's offensive line pushed them around like a bunch of ragdolls. On third downs uh, today for Iowa, so going through this, sorry my family is talking downstairs. Got to get a door on this office. My wife told me a couple of months ago that she was she was all excited because we, we bought a... Um, we bought a bench saw that she could use, and she wanted to build one of those barn door slider things. She was all pumped up. I said, okay, go for it. That's fine. I could do it, but if you want to, go ahead. Still looking for a barn door, so that's why you're hearing them downstairs. Nate Stanley on the day 13 of 20. Didn't have to throw it very much when you run for 313 yards. Uh, 13 of 20 for 192 and two touchdowns. Stanley now, I think, 25 touchdown passes on the season. Too shy of Chuck Long's record that Chuck Long set as a fifth-year senior and Heisman Trophy runner-up in 1985. Nate Stanley uh, with two touchdowns on this day. I want to go and see real quick what his numbers were coming into this game. So entering this game, Stanley was um, 23 touchdowns to six interceptions. So now he's 25 touchdowns to six interceptions. That's one of the best statistical ratios in Iowa football history. 2,146 yards passing coming into this. And what did I say? He had 2,146 plus 192. So it's basically 2,340-ish, 2,338. Give him another couple hundred in the bowl game. So he'll be about 2,600 with a chance to break Chuck Long's uh, touchdown pass record. That's not a bad true sophomore season. Not bad at all. You'll take that. Not bad at all. Now we're going to have a lot of time this offseason and over the course of the next couple of weeks to address the questions of what if, why, how come, why was Iowa so inconsistent? Um, what if they would have not, you know, really to me, what, the biggest what if of the whole season is what if Ike uh, Bucker and um, and Boone Myers hadn't got hurt? That's the whole year for me. That's the whole freaking year for me. You may think other things, but to me, as important as running the football is to Iowa, they are now, by the way, 26-1 and since the start of 2015 when they rush for over 100 yards, either 26-1 and or 27-1 and when they rush for over 100 yards. The one loss was to Florida last year in the bowl game. 
and they're 0 for 11 in the games where they don't run for 100 yards. So that's why I say that losing their offensive tackles, again, fifth-year seniors, three-year starters, losing those guys, easily the biggest thing for the whole season. And a huge thing at that. You cannot minimize how significant a loss those two players were for this football team and for this season. You can try to. You can try to look and point at other things. But I'm here to tell you, that is your season right there. That's the difference in being an inconsistent 7-5 and five and a much more consistent likely 9-3. and three. And I never thought that they would get there. I, I, I said early that if Iowa gets to eight wins, I would, you know, before the season, considering the schedule, I, I felt like man, Kirk Ferentz should get some Coach of the Year votes, which, you know, he wouldn't and didn't, won't. But that was flat out the huge biggest thing in the season for me is losing those tackles. We'll have a lot more time to talk about it. I'll ask Steve's opinion. Um, and, and, and one one thing I want to reiterate, and, some, and th- those of you who've been listening to Steve Dace and I for a long time, you know this because we tell, we tell you a lot. We don't really talk much at all during the week. We might talk on the phone once a month over the average of a year um, about, you know, just life things, things like that. But we don't really talk all that often outside of our podcast. Now, we will talk sometimes before we record or after we record. But we certainly don't talk about what we're going to talk about. And we like it that way. We don't put together an outline for our, our podcast. Or we, and we didn't really do that for our radio show when we were on the air. We like to do things off the cuff and spontaneous. And sometimes it sounds like it, it sucks. Sometimes it leads to funny areas. So when I when I ask him this question on, on Sunday night, and I know that he doesn't listen to these Instant Reaction podcasts. When I ask him this question Sunday night, it's, I'm not going to lead him. I'm like, Steve, what do you think the biggest reason is that Iowa went 7-5 and five as opposed to winning 8 or 9 games this year? And we'll see what he says. I'm guessing he's going to say offensive tackles. I put some numbers together right after this. Iowa is 4-1 against Nebraska in their last five meetings. Iowa should be 5-0. and oh. Remember, they led by 17 points in the second half in 2014 before DeMornay Pearson L went crazy on punt returns and Iowa lost that game 37-34 in overtime. Here is the average score of Iowa's last five meetings with Nebraska. Iowa is averaging 39.2 points per game and the Huskers are averaging 19.6. Remember last year when we all thought 40-10 to 10 was, whoa, holy crap? Iowa just beat Nebraska 56-14. And again, your Husker friends you have any and i have some are gonna well congratulations you just beat the worst nebraska team of all time we'll remind them no you just mean since the 60s since you sucked worse than that before then but i get your point this was a bad nebraska team it's one of the worst defensive nebraska teams i can ever recall they gave up over 50 points in each of the last three games so no this was not the 1990s huskers but the 1990s huskers are never coming back We'll see who they hire. We'll see if they can hire Scott Frost. I hope they don't because it would be fun to watch them um, slither a little bit. But Iowa's 4-1 against Nebraska in the last five games. 
Iowa owns the Huskers, and it feels so good. That was Iowa's just their second road win of the season, and they've been pretty decent on the road the last few years. A lot of young guys getting reps. Geno Stone today. How about Geno Stone? Miles Taylor got hurt early on. It was really weird how he got hurt. He just kind of dropped after he made a tackle and after the play was over. But uh, he did really, really well. He led Iowa with eight tackles, two solos, and boy, did he look the part. And man, is he physically built for a true freshman. Josie Jewell on this day, eight tackles, five solo, one tackle for loss, one interceptions, three passes broken up, and he's not on the Buckus finalist list, and that is a freaking flat-out crime. Just straight up a crime. It's ridiculous. Ben Neiman with an interception. Christian Welch with an interception. And I tweeted before that Christian Welch interception, like after Iowa got its fifty to its 54th point, I tweeted, how about Iowa gets a pick six here to get 60? Because I figured that was the only way it was going to happen. And he almost did it. He let me down. Christian, you let me down. But well done. 505 yards of total offense for Iowa to 267 for Nebraska. 313 yards rushing for Iowa to 67 for Nebraska. 23 first downs to 12. 67 plays to 63. Iowa averaged 7.5. Nebraska just 4.2. 6.7 yards per rush for Iowa. This is really going to help their season average. And make those stats when you remember them in 10 years and you just look at averages and you don't necessarily remember the, the microcosm of the season um, or, the, or the micro aspects of the season. That's kind of It's going to cloud the waters a little bit. Iowa with no turnovers today. They did fumble it twice. How about Amir Smith-Marset? What an interesting day for him. Early in the game, Nebraska scores are up 14 to nothing. I think it was. 14 nothing. And they kick off in Amir Smith-Marset. Step, is it either 14 nothing or 7 nothing? He steps out of bounds, catches the ball and steps out of bounds at the one-yard line. Bringing up memories of Jonathan Parker. But Ferentz didn't bench him. This kid just must flash so much talent in practice that Kirk is letting him play through his mistakes, or maybe they don't have anything anybody else. I think it's a mixture of both. I mean, like Adrian, one of Devontae Young or Adrian Falconer, I don't think they made the trip even. I think both of those guys will be gone of their own volition. But Amir Smith-Marset, they, they went to him a couple times on tunnel screens that very drive, and Iowa goes 99 yards and scores a touchdown. Mir Smith-Marset is a better blocker than you would think for a skinny freshman. But he was Johnny on the spot. Akron Wadley had a 29-yard run. Wadley fumbles the ball, and Smith-Marset comes up behind and gets it. Then later in the game, in, in the second half, Amir Miss, uh, ISM returns a kick like 80 yards for a touchdown. And unfortunately, Geno Stone makes a block in the back that he didn't have to make or it would have been a touchdown. Iowa wound up scoring on that, that drive, but... Um, you know, what a nice little bounce back for him. Kids got to be mentally tough, too, to come back from some of the gaffes and drops and such things that we've seen him do this year. That was fun. That was fun. And yeah, the last two weeks have really stunk. And some of you are going to say, well, you know, it doesn't change anything. Iowa could have, would have, should have. And that's fine. You can have that opinion. But you know what I say? I say enjoy the enjoyables in life. And there's enough things in life that aren't fun. There are enough days, as I was telling my daughter this this before the game today, she was down at a friend's house and she came home crying. And, you know, one of her friends in the neighborhood loves to play with her when it's just her and Mary. But 
whenever there's other kids there, kind of, you know, kind of leave her, my daughter out a little bit. And so I said, let's go back and lay on the trampoline. Let's look at the sky for a bit. So we went back. I got her sniffles calmed down and we started talking. I said, Mary, you know, some days in life you're going to have tens. Because she always likes, you know, when I get home from work, I ask her how her day was at school. And she gives me a number rating, one to ten. I'm like, some days you're going to have tens. Some days are fantastic. Like tomorrow when I take you to the bowling alley and then we go roller skating this week. Those are ten days. But some days are fives and fours. Make sure you enjoy the tens. But on the fives and fours, you got to let the water roll off your back. I tell her, be a duck. You got to be a duck. And then she starts giggling and she starts quacking. And then we went and shot hoops for a while. The moral of this story here on the HN Podcast, instant reaction, the last one of the year for the instant reactions for football. Enjoy the enjoyables. Enjoy the days and times that are fun. And don't sit and wallow. Well, you know, this is great and all, but Nebraska sucks and we should have won this game and that game. We just we let too many things go away. Don't be one of those people. You're, miss, you're missing out on some things if you do that. You're not enjoying life as much as you can. And you're choosing to live in a, neg- a negative world. Because I care about you. I really do. We've, we've argued a few times this year. We've debated some of you out there, not all of you. But um, enjoy the enjoyables. That'll do it for this couch session installment of the HN Podcast. It's funny, I was thinking back just now. 2014, I was up in St. Joe, Missouri after the Iowa-Nebraska game, and I started that podcast off with a musical bed of The Doors, This Is The End. Because I, I did, I thought it was the end for Ference. But it wasn't. And this year won't be something, you know, th- this season collectively won't be something that everybody's talking about around the fireplace in 10 years. But a 56-14 to 14 win against Nebraska will be. A 50-burger on Ohio State will be. So we have those memories from this year, and that's good. Maybe they can win a bowl game. Um, before the game, Gary Barta, Iowa's athletics director, was on the radio saying that the Holiday Bowl has told Iowa, hey, you're not out of our sights yet. If you get a big win this, if you get a big win today, you know you're in the hunt. I think now Iowa has avoided the Pinstripe Bowl, which I'm glad. Not that I was going, no way. What I mean, I've never been to New York City, and I don't care that I ever go. So, but you know, I don't see Iowa playing the Pinstripe Bowl. Although at some point in time they probably will, because Jim Delaney's dream wants it's for every Big Ten team to play there. I think it's going to be. Music City or Holiday, and I'd go 75-25 on Music City. And I think that's a better bowl destination for Iowa because I think a lot of people would go. Nashville's awesome. Nashville is freaking so much fun. If you've never been, it is awesome. It's an, and I don't even drink. It's an awesome, fun place to go. So and, and you can drive, what, eight, nine hours from eastern Iowa to Nashville? So you can go and save some money and... and and do it relatively affordably and just drive. You don't have to fly. You don't have to take a charter or, or, or scheduled air. You can just go. I think it's going to wind up being there. Hopefully Iowa gets a win and get a bull win and go into this next season. Because next year, they have a very favorable schedule. They have a... I think their schedule next year is tougher than what Wisconsin had this year. With a lowercase t tougher. But it's a very favorable schedule. And... Yes, Iowa loses 
Akram Wadley going to be a big loss. Akram Wadley is... Uh, Iowa doesn't get many playmakers. Or Iowa doesn't have many playmakers like that uh, through the years. They just don't. So he'll be a loss. Josie Jewell, just an incredible talent. Maybe the best middle linebacker or linebacker period of the Ferentera. Maybe. He, Abdul Hodge, Chad Greenway, Pat Anger, Fred Barr... And those guys would be on the short list. Maybe, maybe Josie Jewell is the best. You know, I heard Dolphin Podolak talking, and I agree. His lateral movement and his ability, it's just, I don't know that we've seen that. So he'll definitely be missed. But Iowa returns nearly everybody on the defensive line. Nate Budgeta, you know, excluding him. Good game today for, for Budgeta. But they returned everybody else. Matt Hankins got some nice time today. They did a good job. Nebraska can throw the ball. I mean, Tanner Lee came in in this game, I think, 40 yards or so behind um, Trace McSorley at Penn State for the most passing yards in the Big Ten this year. So he can throw that football. You know, we'll see if Josh Jackson goes to the NFL. Kirk Ferentz has said he's not so sure that some of that stuff is fair. Who knows? We'll see. See if he wins the Thorpe Award. But, um, you know, if he came back, you'd have, you know, Rigumba and Old Jamudia and Hankins, you know, made the best man win at the other corner, or Josh Jackson. And then you've got um, Brandon Snyder, hopefully back healthy. If he's not, you've got, you know, Geno Stone, Amani Hooker. Stone and Hooker wouldn't be a bad TV show name or defensive backfield. You have your specialist back. So a lot of fun ahead. So enjoy this one. Let it soak in, and please, if you have any Nebraska friends, please taunt them mercilessly all week, and Merry Christmas.